Well, good morning, everybody. Um, it's nice to see you. Um, welcome to the last 10 o'clock service for a while. Details to follow. My name's Stephen Greenall. I'm a member of the Leaders and Preachers team. And um, a particular warm welcome to any visitors. Good to have you with us. So today we're continuing our series in Colossians, coming to the end of that. Eddie will be preaching. Um, and the subject is about the gospel ministry as a church. What, what, is it, what are our roles and responsibilities? And the question I'll just leave with you for the moment is, who is actually responsible for the preaching of the gospel in terms of us, our local church? Who, who is actually responsible? Eddie will be um, speaking about this later on, so you'll have your answer there. Um, and also the children will be going out fairly soon, not, not just yet, so they'll be with us for a while. I'm going to pray and then Liam will lead us in a couple of songs of worship. Father, we do thank you that your, your heart is to come now and to speak and to dwell amongst your people and we want to be open to what you're saying and what you're doing, Lord. We want to be hearing your word and your words to our hearts and we just want to be attentive to those things lord just bless you for a lovely day bless you for good weather bless you for each other and we just commit this time to you now in jesus name amen can i invite you to stand together we're going to sing to our god let's sing together Splendor of the King, clothed in majesty, let all the earth rejoice, all the earth rejoice. He wraps himself in light, and darkness strives to hide. Trembles at his voice, trembles at his voice. How great is our God. Sing with me, how great is our God. And all will see how great, how great is our God. Great, how great is our 
above all names. You are name above all names. You are worthy of all praise. And my heart will sing how great is our God. Sing those words again. Name above all names. You are name above all names. You are worthy of all praise. And my heart will sing how great is our Lord. How great, how great is our God. Everyone needs compassion, love that's never failing. Let mercy fall on me. Everyone needs forgiveness, the kindness of a Savior, the hope of He can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation. He rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. So take me as you find me. All my fears and failures Fill my life again I give my life to follow Everything I believe in Now I Save. 
He is mighty to save forever. If you'd like to take a seat, please. Could we leave this slide on for the moment? Thank you. So we're coming to a time of confession, and we're going to be reading the... Um, oh, that will come on, the, that'll come on the screen in a moment, all right? But I just want to talk about this just for a brief moment. So we've just read here um, that... My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever, all through salvation. He rose and conquered. Oh, no, that's not the one I want. Sorry. Um, um, take me as you find me. Sorry, the last, <clears throat> that's the chorus, the last verse. Thank you very much. That. So take me as you find me, all my fears and failures. Fill my life again. I give my life to follow everything I believe in. Now I surrender. So we're coming to a time of confession. Um, we don't always get it right, but the invitation is very clear. If we come to him and confess our sins, he will forgive us. Okay, so let's just have a look at the words of the... Um... Right, okay, so have a quick look at this. We'll say it together. Okay, and we say... Most merciful God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we confess that we have sinned in thought, word, and deed. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbours as ourselves. In your mercy, forgive what we have been. Help us to amend what we are and direct what we shall be that we may do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with you, our God. Amen. And I'm just reading a couple of verses from Colossians, not that it's anything to do with today's talk, but in, back in Colossians 1, it says, For he has rescued us from the, from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption the forgiveness of our sins. He has rescued us. We can be forgiven. Let's just pray. Father, we do thank you that as we come to you and confess our sins, you're ever ready to forgive us and to take us on in the truth of your love and in the power and the life that we have in Jesus. In his name, amen.
Let's now um, look at the creed. I think we, we know that quite well. This is a creed acknowledged by all the mainstream churches worldwide. And um, there's one word, and I, I know I did this last time I led. There's a phrase at the end there. Uh, it talks about the Holy Catholic Church. Just to reiterate, that means the universal church. As far as God's concerned, there's only one church. It's not quite how we see things down here, is it, sometimes? <laughs> but as far as God's concerned, there's one church. So let's say the creed together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, and the Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Okay, um, we're going to sing again, and um, Liam's going to lead us on that. Thank you. Yes, thanks, Stephen. This song is an all-age song. Here at church, we're a church family of all ages, from the oldest all the way down to the youngest. So this song does actually have some actions. I can't do the actions, sadly, because I've got a guitar. Does anyone want to come up and help me with the actions? Why don't you stand up? And as you stand up, if there's any young people, or indeed old people, who want to come up the front and help me with the actions, that would be amazing. Either way, please do sing along. Let's sing together. Noah built the most enormous boat. He kept the birds and animals afloat. The Lord was good, the Lord was strong, and Noah lived his life for him. Moses led his people through the sea, taking them away from slavery. The Lord was good, the Lord was strong, and Moses lived his life for him. Oh, thank you, oh, thank you, that all through history you were faithful. Thank you. Oh, thank you that you are just the same when it comes to me. When it comes to me. David. David fought Goliath and he won. Humble shepherd boy became a king. The Lord was good. The Lord was strong and David lived his life for him. Daniel was inside a lion's den. God brought him to safety once again. The Lord was good. The Lord was strong and Daniel lived his life for him. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you that all through history you were faithful. Thank you. Oh, thank you that you are just the same when it comes to me. 
when it comes to me. Jesus died to take away our sin, so we could get to know our God again. The Lord is good, the Lord is strong, and we will live our lives again. Oh, thank you that all through history you were faithful. Thank you, oh, thank you that you are just the same when it comes to me. When it comes to me. Great job. Take a seat. Right. Thank you very much for that. Thank you. Okay, the children are going to go out in just a moment. Don't move yet, please. Um, Their subject today is about Queen Esther. Queen Esther and a cunning plan. Now, the song we've just sang talked about various Old Testament characters, didn't it? And the last one mentioned there was Daniel. Well, Esther actually was after Daniel in terms of Old Testament history. So I was just thinking because I'm a teacher by profession. I'm not one right now, but I'm a teacher by profession. But I was just thinking the primary, primary age group, when you go to your group today, if you finish your activity quickly, and this is the bane of teachers' lives, Ian Miss, I've done this already, um, perhaps you could write another verse to fit into that song about Esther. You know, Esther was a very pretty girl. You know, I don't mean that exactly, but something like that. You know the tune is quite catchy, don't you? So maybe we could compile another verse that we could then slip in and um, look at that at some, you know, sing that sometime in the future. Not to interfere with what's already planned, of course. You will be doing your planned lessons. So in particular today, the primary children, you will not be going to pointers if you'd like to go out to the foyer, then you'll be brought back round into the, gar- into the church garden here, okay? The others of you will be in your normal, normal places. So I'll pray and then the children can leave and we can just catch up with each other on the benches, okay? Father, we do want to commit these children's uh, classes to you, Lord. We thank you that their every part is important to you as everybody else. We pray for their teachers, we pray for this subject, we pray for their learning, and we pray for their openness to your work in their lives. Do bless them, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, if we could could come together, please. Thank you. Right, uh, just um, a few notices, and then after that, Samuel will be leading us in prayer. So key notice there this morning is the last 10 o'clock service for the moment. So next week, we go back to our two morning services, 9.15 and 11.15. Okay, quite important. Um, Weekend away, there are actually two or three places still available, but please... Um, be quick, um, and you, must, you need to download a form or speak to someone in the office to ensure that you actually arrive on the list for that. So um, planning is, is going well. It's been very thorough and very detailed. Um, so, but there are a couple of places. 
Cricket match this afternoon, I'm not sure of the details of that. Um, also, we have a, this Saturday, we're doing a walk, a walk from here. Uh, again, details on the Friday bulletin. If you're not sure, speak to me or someone else afterwards. I think it's an 8.30 start for walkers. It's about seven miles, and we're going over the river to the Olympic Park. So that's, that's looking quite, quite good. Okay, those are the main um, notices. So if Samuel can come and lead us in prayer, please. And then we'll have our reading after that. Let's pray. Lord God, I want to thank you for this week. Lord God, I want to thank you for this week. Um, thank you for the good weather. Thank you that we've come through it. And thank you that we're able to meet up today. I want to thank you for this church, not just the building, but for us as a group of people that are able to meet together and praise your name, listen to your word, and fellowship with one another. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, um, as we come to the end of our prime ministerial um, choosing by the Tory party, um, Lord God, I pray for the new leaders that will be coming in over the next couple of weeks. Uh, may you give them the wisdom, the compassion, and the passion for their roles. And we pray that they make the right decisions, whether it's for our defense, for our future, and also especially in this time when energy bills are, are potentially going to go really high. May they have the right decisions so that as a people, we will not suffer energy prices go up. And I also pray for those who may be looking in despair, that you may give them hope, that Lord God, you will provide for them through the summer and through this winter, Lord God, and that at the other side of winter, they will praise your name. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, we thank you for um, the summer holidays, um, for all the time we've had with our children. Um, we thank you, Lord God, for the church put on the summer holiday camp and for the other summer activities that have happened. Um, and we also pray as our children start to go back to school that we may be well prepared for them, we may find the things that they need, that you may also prepare for them as they go back to school. Um, we also pray for the teachers who will teach them that you have them prepared and ready for them, Lord God. And we pray that this start of a new school year may be a blessing to all of them, whether it's their first time they're going into school or the last time they'll be in whatever school, whether tertiary or primary or secondary. Lord, in your mercy. Amen. Lord God, we pray for peace all over the world. Um, and we pray especially for areas where it, they are riven by conflict. We pray for the people in Ethiopia where the war has taken a new resurgence, that peace may be found, that you as a prince of peace may come into the hearts of both sides and they may go back to a ceasefire and peace talks. We pray for the continued war in Ukraine and the devastation it's causing. Again, we pray that their leaders on both sides will find something in their hearts to bring about peace. But we know there's so many areas in the world where there's conflict, whether it's in Syria, whether it's in South Sudan, or in the Sudan itself, or in different parts of the world. Lord God, for those who suffer, Lord God, I pray you give them hope that, that, that you will bring peace in those areas, and for those leaders, give them the sense to bring peace. 
And Lord God, I also pray closer to home. Um, over the last couple of weeks, we've just heard many stories about crime, whether in London um, or in Liverpool, on other parts of the UK, Lord. I pray that you help our police forces to help stop, stop the crime. And most important, that in each one of our hearts, Lord God, you bring a compassion for others and therefore less crime, Lord. But I pray generally that there will be less crime across this country. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, we pray for our church again. And we just thank you for everything that they lead us through. We thank you that it's a church that is growing, that is thriving, Lord God. And we thank you for the support that you give to our leaders, the wisdom you give to our leaders. May you continue to give them the wisdom and the courage to continue to lead us, to continue to organize for us, and to bring us together. I pray for the walk that we're going to have um, on Saturday, that it may go well, that we may enjoy it, that you'll also provide the right weather for it, Lord God, and may it be a chance for different, part, different people in the church to come together. I also pray, Lord God, for the cricket today. I know it's supposed to be a fun time, and I hope we do have a really great time. I also pray for victory for our church. Um, but Lord God, most of all, I pray that all the sides have a really great time and the weather remains really good. Lord, in your mercy. Let's say the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. We're reading this morning from Colossians chapter 4, and it's verses 2 to the end, and it starts on page uh, 1184 in uh, the Church Bibles. So it's page 1184, Colossians chapter 4, verse 2, and it says this, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may pro proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Tychicus will tell you all the news about me. He is a dear brother, a faithful minister, and a fellow servant in the Lord. I am sending him to you for the express purpose that you may know about our circumstances and that he may encourage your hearts. He is coming with Onesimus, our faithful and dear brother, who is one of you. They will tell you everything that is happening here. My fellow pris prisoner Aristarchus sends you his greetings, as does Mark, the cousin, the cousin of Barnabas. You have received instructions about him. If he comes to you, welcome him. Jesus, who is called Justice, also sends greetings. These are the only Jews among my fellow workers for the kingdom of God, and they have proved a comfort to me. Epaphras, who is one of you and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends greetings. He is always wrestling in prayer for you, that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. 
I vouch for him that he is working hard for you and for those at Laodicea and Hierapolis. Our dear friend Luke the doctor and Demas send greetings. Give my greetings to the brothers and sisters at Laodicea and to Nympha and the church in her house. After this letter has been read to you, see that it is also read in the church of the Laodiceans and that you in turn read the letter from Laodicea. Tell Archippus, see to it that you complete the ministry you have received in the Lord. I, Paul, write this greeting in my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Thank you, Sam, for reading and and Sam for for your prayers. We might have to have a chat about praying for victory. (laughs) Not even I've tried that for Norwich City. Uh, (laughs) But we do hope that we win. Let's pray, shall we? Let's uh, bow our heads in prayer. Father God, we do thank you for your, your abundant love to us uh, displayed in the person of your Son, Jesus Christ. Uh, Father, we, we pray as we look at this uh, word together that you will really open our hearts to see what it's saying to us. That your Spirit so quicken us that we may see the truth and understand it and apply it to our lives as individuals and as a church, that we might be your people shaped by you. For we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I wonder whether you uh, are like me when you've watched a film or you watch a series on on TV, um, uh, that you like to kind of go and find out a bit of information behind the scenes of the film or the TV series. I've been watching um, the FBI drama um, uh, Blacklist, um, and I've wanted to find out how did, they, how did they shoot that scene. I wanted to know a bit more about the characters and the interaction that was going on. Um, and so I would uh, you know, go onto YouTube and find out how they did that. And uh, I wanted to find out about the, the behind the scenes and the dynamics of the relationships and, and how it was shot. In a way, um, chapter four of Colossians gives us uh, a peek behind the scenes of the, the church in Colossae. And we catch there the, the kind of interactions and the, the, the kind of... Uh, social dynamics of the the church, how it functioned, how it was coordinated um, on the ground, and how it proclaimed um, the gospel. The earlier chapters, one to three, we've seen um, Paul talk about some great doctrines. He's talked about a little bit about his own testimony. He's talked about what it is to to believe and what it is to have um, values and, and to put them into practice as a church community. And so chapter four really becomes the sort of editorial notes, if you like, um, some very practical social interactions that were, that were happening within the community. It's a kind of a behind-the-scenes thing going on here into the local church, and really interesting uh, way in which the fellow workers, the, the team was operating. So this is really important stuff, actually, right here at the end, not to be glossed over. Um, and it will help the local church, and it will really help us here at St. John's as we seek to be built up, to be built as purposeful um, disciples of Jesus Christ. So there's three things. There's three uh, things I want us to look at, and the first of those 
um, is what the local church really uh, focused on. What was the purpose of um, the church? So what was the primary focus of the local community of faith? And we see that in the opening verses of chapter 4, verses 2 to 6. We see it is the advancement of the gospel. Gospel means good news. And it comes about by prayer. It says, devote yourselves to prayer. So behind the scenes of every local church is a praying church, isn't it? Um, And and, uh, it's not a replacement for Christian ministry. It is part and parcel of Christian ministry. And the word here, devote, is that sense of a real kind of eagerness and a real kind of stickability to it, no matter how difficult or hard it might be to pray, and no matter the problems and the struggles, devote yourself to prayer. The assumption here is that prayer actually isn't going to be easy, and that's probably why Paul began with it. Who here finds prayer uh, easy? I mean, I, I think we've all find it at times difficult even the most committed. We find it hard because we perhaps have have unanswered prayers, prayers that we've been saying for years and they go go unanswered. We find it difficult because they've not answered in the way that we want them to be answered. We find it difficult to pray because there are a million of other things to do, to watch on on TV. There's things that we can twiddle on TwitFace, Twitter, Facebook, you've got there. Twitface and, um, and YouTube and all that. And maybe we find it hard because we feel sometimes we're just talking at the ceiling. Is God really there? Maybe we find it difficult because um, we just don't know where to begin to pray. Or you set yourself to prayer and immediately you find your mind wanders uh, onto, you know, have I left the cooker on? Or, uh, you know, how are Norwich doing in the football? Uh, or whatever it might be. Paul says, devote yourselves to prayer. He knows, I think, by the way, that he start, says devote. He knows that it's not easy. But he's saying, don't give up, stick to it, push on through it. And Paul is telling us this because it is connected with the advancement of the gospel. Verse 2 continues being watchful and thankful. Those words are connected with prayer, aren't they? Um, they're about staying awake, aren't they? They're about uh, being a watchman, that kind of idea of not just looking for, out for an attack, the watchman, but also looking out for what needs to be done, being alert to what's going on. Um, it's always interesting, the number of times there's someone or something comes to mind when we're praying. You probably have had that experience. Oh, I need to act on that, or I need to give that person a ring. Looking out for those opportunities to speak of the gospel and bring good news to others of Jesus. So verse 3, pray, Paul says, for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. And so here you see clearly, don't you see the purpose for Paul is the same purpose for the local church. The purpose is the advancement of the gospel, the good news. So people in Colossae will hear about Jesus. People in Rome, where Paul is, 
in prison will hear about Jesus. And so if I was to ask you here this morning, what is the purpose of the local church? What is the purpose of St. John's? What would come to mind? What, what, what do we exist for? What is our purpose? And you might come back and say there's all sorts of answers to that. It, 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 and of course, they could be really important things and, and good things. They could be care for the, the poor. It could be the, the care of the dying and the lonely. You might say it's bringing social um, justice or to speak of those who can't speak for themselves. You might say it's, a, it's, it's these things that are the purpose of the church. And then there are all sorts of answers to that question. What is the purpose of the church? And many of these things are good and important. But Paul, what does he choose here in his letter to the Colossi, to Colossians? He says the chief purpose, the first purpose, our main purpose as a church is the proclamation of the gospel, the advancement of the good news of Jesus, to speak of Jesus. That is our purpose as a church. And the local church, verse 5, is to be wise in the way that it does this. He says it's to be wise in the way you act towards outsiders, make the most of every opportunity, let your conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. So our, our witness is to be wise and to be gracious. What does that mean? Well, it's, it's not to be moralizing, it's not to be judgmental, uh, it, it's to be flavoursome, isn't it? That's the idea of being seasoned with salt. It's supposed to be richer and more exciting and better than what the world has to, to offer, more intriguing, because it is more intriguing, the gospel, and it is better than what the world has to offer. So our conversation should be seasoned like that. And so it actually doesn't matter whether we're in Rome with Paul or in Colossae or... You're sat here this morning uh, in Blackheath, or whether we're with the Lockwoods in Blackpool, or whether we're the Ray family in Tanzania, or whether we're the Medhurst in India, or whether Matt in his chaplaincy, sports chaplaincy work, what matters most is that Christ is made known. The gospel goes out, that people have a chance to hear it and receive it. That is the purpose of the local church. It seems very clear to me that that is what he's saying here. Right at the end, he wants to say, this is the purpose of the church, is to make the good news of Jesus Christ known. That is our purpose here at St. John's, is to grow the church and deepen our commitments to Jesus Christ, because we want people to hear about the gospel. We want people to be saved. Now, that's the purpose. Then in verses 7 to 17, um, Paul gives us the -the behind-the-scenes look at the fellowship of the church. Uh, 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 And uh, we mustn't sort of picture here Paul as some sort of solo preacher, a kind of one-man band, some sort of pioneer, um, some sort of heroic pioneer. Um, it, It doesn't fit the picture at all. He was all about the team. He's all about the team. As I say at home, um, I say there's no I in teamwork. And then I say to them, there's no I in selfish hypocrisy either. But then I work out there is, and and then I realise I'm dyslexic, and uh, (laughs) that's why I should never use spelling analogies. Anyway, (laughs) fellowship of the local church. It's about teamwork, and you see it here, don't you? 
Now, look with me. What do we notice? First thing we notice, it's a very mixed bunch of people. Um, we can tell that it's a mixed bunch of people because of the names. There, there are Romans, there are Jews, there are Greeks mentioned here. We have a runaway slave called Onesimus. We've got a past failure in Mark. You can, hear, you can read about that in, in the Acts of the Apostles. They were not all success stories, these, the people here. Um, they were ordinary people from ordinary backgrounds, and they probably didn't speak all the same language. So there, there's a great diversity here. And then you have some like uh, Tychicus and Artechicus, his name, which I find difficult to say, had only known Paul a short time. So only known them, uh, perhaps even a few months. Some have known him for a very long time, like Mark and Luke. Luke had been with him for a very long time. Uh, and some had painful memories. Some had good memories. So there's a whole load of dynamics uh, going on here. And then there's Demas, it says in verse 14. And we find out about Demas. He actually isn't going to go very far uh, with Paul because in verse in 2 Timothy 4, it tells us that Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Um, as I was thinking about all this, this bunch of, of, of people who are working together, it reminded me that uh, Hannah and I, as um, mentioned last week, we, we've been involved with a beach mission for many, many um, years in North Wales. Uh, and we've been on it for 20 years, led it for 11 and over the years, we've seen fellow Christians, fellow workers come and some go. And we've seen the ministry, some stay for a short time, some for a long time, some for many years. Some, sadly, have even strayed from the faith who worked uh, with. Uh, some, like this year, were for the very first time. They'd only been involved with it for a week. But the thing that reminded me, and what we see here in Colossians is just how quickly brothers and sisters can come together, work together for the same purpose. When you have the same purpose, the purpose is the advancement of the gospel. So we can come together, can't we, for the, for the same purpose, for the, that purpose. That is the glue. Paul speaks of them as well with such affection did you notice that as well? Um, verse 7, Tychicus, a dear brother, a faithful minister, a fellow servant of the Lord. Verse 9, Anisimus, remember, is a runaway slave, a faithful and dear brother. It's words of affection, endearment. Who is one of you? And notice the word there, fellow. It keeps cropping up. Verse 10, my fellow prisoner, our Tarchaicus, I think that's right, sends you greetings. Verse 11, speaking of justice, Mark and Barnabas, they're the only Jews among my fellow workers for the kingdom of God and have proved a comfort to me. He talks very endearingly of them. Um, as all these people around him make the ministry, isn't it? It is, it is a team. It is always a team of trustworthy people, of loyal people, of dependable people, people who have the same purpose, 
a godly, supportive, made great sacrifices to keep the whole thing going. Unseen, many unknown, we don't know all their names, fetching, carrying, arriving, going, messages brought, messages going, news passed on. All engaged in the gospel, all in it together. And some of them are are, are wrestling in prayer, like Epaphras, who was from Colossae, who we think planted the church at the very beginning. And so you can see, we we need to see behind the scenes, don't we? We need to see behind the scenes as a church that the advancement of the gospel here at St. John's is definitely not about me. It shouldn't be about me. It has to, and it shouldn't just be about the staff team either or the PCC. It must never be like that. Um, we must be able to say things like our dear brother or sister who does dot, dot, dot a faithful servant who's eagerly wanting and desiring the advancement of the gospel because they're serving in this, this way. I could fill in the dot, dot, dots with lots of names and people, and I'm sure you can too. So we cannot be sort of vicar and congregation or staff, team and congregation. And, and I think actually it's true to say one of the unfortunate effects of COVID-19 and that pandemic was that a lot of things that as a church were run very centrally because we couldn't do it any other way. But we need to reverse that. And we need to, over these next months and years, need to, to change that. We're all in it together, and that means we're fellow workers. You and me together, working as a team. So leadership is not solitary. It's, it's actually, I think in some ways, the kind of idea of the leader is a, is a very much of a cultural byproduct because we talk in our world, don't we, of the CEO or we talk about the, the prime minister as if the leader or, or whatever it might be. In Colossians 4, everyone is a servant. The language is servanthood. And that shouldn't surprise us because Jesus himself, remember what he said in Mark 10, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. We're all servants. We're all called to serve. So we see here these verses, the the fellowship of the church working out in ministry together to the extent that he tells them in verse 16, if you look at it, to share this letter with the local church at Laodicea. And Laodicea would have had a letter and they would have shared it with Colossae. There's a kind of mutual encouragement that goes on, which is really, very, very important. It's a wonderful thing when we share news. Sometimes we're not very good at sharing news, I don't think, of the church. Uh, Sometimes it's good, isn't it, we hear news about what's going on in in Blackpool or or with the Hebron School or in, in Tanzania. But sometimes we're not very good at sharing the good news that is going on and therefore being mutually encouraged that the gospel is being advanced. I mean, here is a bit I received from Bishop George from Mara Diocese a few weeks ago when I told him that we were doing some door-to-door visiting around the parish, which I'm sure you've all heard about. He, He emailed me back, and this is for our mutual encouragement. He said, go on, brother. 
with house-to-house visitation and plant the seeds, God will make them grow, even if the culture is cruel and unchanging to the unchanging gospel. Isn't that encouragement? And then he says, please do pray for us as we look forward to ordaining 14 new pastors. Pray also for the confirmation services scheduled for every Sunday till December. Can you imagine that? That's exciting. We normally begin with public air preaching, he says, on Wednesdays and conclude everything on Sunday. Reverend, I would like to assure you that you can count on our prayers. There's a church, a diocese in Tanzania is praying for us. And he says, you can count on our prayers. Isn't that wonderfully encouraging and mutually supportive? We need to do more of that, hear more of that. So that's the fellowship of the church, looks like. Committed to the purpose of the church, behind the scenes, working for the advancement of the gospel. And then finally and very briefly, the work of the gospel is, it is costly. And we catch a hint of this uh, in verse 3, where Paul says, for which I am in chains. He's in Rome, he's in prison. And then he says right at the end, I, Paul, write this greeting in my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. I was thinking about this. You can sort of think about Paul. What what did he done with his future? What had Paul done with his future? I mean, Paul was on the track, the fast track, to be some a great Jewish leader, wasn't he? Probably a rabbi. He was zealous, he worked hard. Um, He followed the Jewish customs. He was the top of his class. He was bright and intelligent. Um, He was the new thing on the block. He was zealous. And he was a Roman citizen as well, so it meant he could go anywhere in in the empire. He could travel as he pleased. What had he done with it all? He'd given it up. He'd given it up all for the sake of the gospel, for the advancement of the gospel. He had it all... He had a nice job, he probably had a pension plan, Uh, he probably had retirement apartments sorted on the coast, dreaming of cocktails and collecting shells. (laughs) Ah, collecting shells on the beach, that must be the the most important purpose of life, not. And here he is at the end of his life in Rome, in a Roman prison in chains, but he didn't see it as cost. That's what's so remarkable. He didn't see it as a cost. He says in Philippians, he's in prison there, uh, he's in prison in Rome when he writes Philippians, and he says, to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Those chains were actually precious to Paul. They're not only a sign of suffering for Christ's sake. He saw those chains actually as an opportunity to preach the gospel, He saw it as an opportunity to preach to people who perhaps wouldn't hear, the the prison guards, other prisoners. Paul's biggest concern was not his own comfort. His biggest concern was the mystery of Christ and making it known. That's what he was concerned about. And that's where it hits home, isn't it? What is your biggest concern? (laughs) What is yours and my biggest concern? Uh, You know, it could be the cost of living. We're hearing loads about that. 
Uh, it could be food prices, fuel costs. It could be how I'm going to live. It could be the, the war in, in, in the Ukraine. It could be uh, global warming. It could be all sorts of really uh, important concerns. But what is our biggest concern? What is your and my biggest concern? Is, does, it, is it, does it line up at all with what Paul and his biggest concern? It's not that those things aren't important and we've been praying for them. But our biggest concern as individuals in the church should be that people hear about the good news of Jesus. That they should be ready to meet their maker. Because all when is all when all is said and done, that is ultimately what matters, isn't it? Sure, most of us are not like Paul. He's a, he had a unique ministry. But think for a moment about all those fellow workers around him, many making perilous journeys away from their family and friends for days on end, um, working to support Paul and others in the ministry of advancement of the gospel, giving time and effort at great physical and economic cost. And then, of course, there's the danger of being associated with Paul. Maybe they could be thrown into prison as well. They, were, they faced great risks, great cost. And, of course, most of us will never face this kind of cost. What is the most that we might face? I don't know, maybe a sneer at work or a friend or a family cold-shouldering us. But actually, what we're finding, even in the parish visiting, we're finding an openness, an eagerness for people to talk. And actually, more often than not, people are willing and wanting to hear something of good news of Jesus. Let's pray, shall we? Let's pray. Um, God, our Father, we come before you and we acknowledge sometimes that our, our biggest concern is not Jesus and the advancement of the gospel. And we know the truth of our own hearts that we're so easily focused on ourselves. And yet your word reminds us here that the chief purpose of the church is to make Jesus known. Forgive us when we, when we lose sight of that. We pray that you would, by your spirit, refocus us, show us how we can share the gospel, take the opportunities that you give us around us, that we might do it wisely and, and compassionately and graciously, that our words would be seasoned with salt. Father, we thank you for our fellowship as a church. We thank you for the the, the many um, servants in this church who serve you for the sake of the gospel. We pray that you, we would indeed work together for this end. And although there is a cost, we pray that we'd look up and look and, look and see Jesus, knowing that it is all for his sake. For we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Eddie, thank you very much for preaching God's word to us. Can I invite you to stand? We're going to stand and sing together. We believe when we read God's word and we hear it preached to us, the Bible, we believe that God's speak speaking to us.
that he's spoken to us. And that's a powerful word. It's a powerful word. God uses that word by his Holy Spirit to change us, to make us the people he wants us to be. So we're going we're gonna to sing together. We're going to respond to God's powerful word together. So let's sing. Behold the power of his word. He spoke, creation came to be. I will trust his promise. He hung the stars and guaranteed his word strong enough for me. I will trust his promise. Generations rise, generations fall, but his word is and his word is sure evermore 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 there is salvation in his word his voice has called us from the grave I will trust his we are surrounded by His grace Here in the midst of those He saved I will trust His promise Generations rise, generations fall But His word is living and His word Savior, Lord, there. 
this non-like you all of my days I want to praise the wonders of Please be seated. I've come to an end of our service. It's been lovely to have you. Do uh, stay for a cup of tea or a cup of coffee and a chat. Um, I'm just going to pray a final prayer now. Father, we do bless you for everything that you are, for everything that you're doing through your son, Jesus Christ. And we want to be open and responsive to your complete word, Lord. Father, we bring to you the 
Diocese of Mara, Bishop George particularly, thank you, they're praying for us. Lord, out of their um, physical poverty, Lord, they are praying for us and we want to pray your blessing on them, their commitment. Lord, we recognise the, uh, the challenges of, of just living in that country, Father. We want to pray your absolute blessing for Bishop George particularly and his pastors and his uh, fellow beings there. We do want to commit them to you in Jesus' name. Amen. And now may the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with us all forever. Amen.